You know what that sound is, ladies and gentlemen? If you said that is the sound of an aha blueberry pomegranate seltzer, I would understand that, but you'd be wrong. What I have with me today, friends, um, is the gateway drug. Uh, years ago, three or four, no, closer to three, years ago, we have family that lived in North Carolina. And so my wife and I do the longest road trip we've ever done, driving from our house uh, to North Carolina. We make it in a day, a very long, tiring day, but we make it in a day. And we are staying at a bed and breakfast in the lovely town of Waynesville, North Carolina, half an hour or so outside of Asheville, which is, I believe, where uh, FTR claims to be from when they make their ring entrances. And we have uh, the third floor of this bed and breakfast. It's a suite. It's a bedroom, a living room. No, two bedrooms and a little quasi-living area. Um, and in that quasi-living area, which is really just a hallway that they put a couple of chairs in, but was a fridge. And the fridge had all sorts of beverages. Now, I am a recovering uh, soda junkie. Uh, Diet Coke was my jam for many, many years. Not good for you. Um, and so I needed something. Um, and so they had this green can uh, called LaCroix. And it was lime flavored. They had a grapefruit one too, but I like lime. And so I said, okay, let me, let me get a LaCroix. Let me try this LaCroix. So I pull one out of the fridge and I take a sip like the one I'm about to take now. And I said, gosh darn it, if that's not quite tasty. Is it soda? No. You would never, you would never mistake it for soda. But there's enough of the bubbles and the flavor that it feels like you're drinking something a little more than just plain water. And so I went through every can of LaCroix that they had. And then, of course, you know, the, the cleaning people would come in um, and restock it with more lime LaCroix. And I drank all of that. Uh, and so there was quite a while where this is what I had. This was the only seltzer I drank. And I have slowly, that was the whole reason I got a, a soda stream was... My wife was tired of having me spend quite a bit of money on LaCroix seltzers and then have the cans and everything. Um, so she got a soda stream with some lime drops, and I got into that, and then I expanded into the AHA brand. I just saw it's the Saturday before Easter. Happy Easter weekend to those who celebrate. Happy Passover to those who celebrate. Hope you are well. Hope those you love are doing well. And... Uh, Saw my parents for a collective birthday. All of us have birthdays within the same six weeks. Um, and, you know, seeing them on an Easter weekend. And one of the gifts was when we went out to the car, um, my mom, I love Mama Matthews dearly, but uh, gift cards are not her favorite thing. She finds those boring if that's the only thing you open. So she always wants to get you something that you can open and have. 
um, that's not a gift card. And so she had gone shopping. She had reached out to my wife to find out what kind of seltzer I drink. Um, and she had gone looking for the AHA blueberry pomegranate. Couldn't find it. Sometimes difficult to track down. Uh, we're going to get to the wrestling. Okay, we'll get there. Relax. Uh, and then um, she found some key lime LaCroix. And then on that morning, on their way to the restaurant where we met, um, they stopped at a, at a Mega Mart and happened to find the regular lime. So I have 16 cans of key lime and 12 cans of the OG LaCroix. I don't know if I've ever had a key lime. I should open one now and do like a side-by-side -side comparison, but that's a lot of liquid. Uh, so I'm going to be nursing this regular LaCroix. And enjoying it quite a bit. As we do the eights here on Hoss Fight, uh, we have gone through from 260 to 129. We're more than halfway done, uh, just barely, with this tournament. PCO won the last one. Uh, and now we're getting into the nitty and the gritty, so I'm only doing 16 names. We've been doing 32 and getting two pages done at a time. Uh, there's only 16 names here. They've been randomized and such, uh, and we're going to figure out just where they rank. Uh, we started out with Cage Match. They had a ranking system that I was able to figure out. Uh, that led to the first tournament where you know I took one from the first 16 names, and that was the one seed, and so on and so forth. Uh, and now we're just going through all of the 16s battled, all of the 14s battled. Today is the 8s. So I am ready. I hope you are ready. Let us begin. The first person who finished eighth in the first half of the tournament uh, is Abdullah the Butcher. Good old Abby. Abdullah the Butcher. He is taking on Rosie of um, Hurricane and Rosie. I, I, I try not to really study the names before they're all redacted and randomized, uh, but I did notice these two. These were at the bottom of the list. I think these were the last two eights from pages 15 and 16. And I thought to myself, you know, this could be the final, Abdullah and Rosie. And of course, fate st stood in our way and said, no, 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 opening round matchup. Um, so now I have to decide of those two who wins. And I do think it's pretty obvious. Uh, you know, unfortunately for us, Abdullah the Butcher was 10 years too early. Had Abdullah the Butcher had even years remotely resembling his prime during the Attitude slash Monday Night War slash ECW era, if you could have had Abdullah the Butcher in ECW carving people with a fork and being crazy with the wild eyes and having interviews where he may or may not put casino poker chips into the scars on his forehead, um, he would have terrified people. Uh, and, you know, I don't think he'd ever show up on Monday Night Raw. Maybe they would have used him in WCW. I mean, they did in, like, the early 90s with the Chamber of Horrors match. He was part of it. Um, but, yeah, you know... There's an alternate universe in which Abdullah the Butcher wrestles The Undertaker at a WrestleMania. That would have been interesting. Uh, so I do think he's got to beat Rosie. We love Rosie. We do. We love him. Uh, but 
you know, that's just bad. That's a bad matchup right there for our good pal Rosie. Our next matchup, Dirty Dick Slater. Ooh, this is a good one. Dirty Dick Slater and Big John Stud. Um, you could make the case also two wrestlers who perhaps would have benefited um, from being born 10 years later. Um, I don't know that Dirty Dick Slater would have set the world on fire in WCW or uh, WWF. Big John Studd would have. You could have you, I could easily see Undertaker versus Big John Studd uh, at a WrestleMania. But, you know, Dick Slater would have been a good, you know, maybe like VK Wall Street type NWO B or C level guy. He was part of the stud stable, I think, at one point. Um, I got <laughs> Big John Studd had a big match at WrestleMania with a $25,000 or $10,000 body slam challenge. Dick Slater never got close to that. Uh, so I think in this, we got to go with Big John Studd over Dick Slater. Um, but again, that's, you know, that's a bad matchup for Dirty Dick to take on old Big Johnny Stud. Next up, Brody King and Hercules. Ooh, that's a fun match to imagine. Brody King and Hercules. Um, I'm not super well-versed in AEW. I would like to think that the House of Black would be on TV all the time. I think they're just more, I'm assuming they're more on dark. Because um, I don't remember having seen Malachi or Brody or Buddy Matthews, whatever the name he's going by now. I can't remember. Uh, you know, but I like Brody King. But I also like Hercules. You know, Hercules Hernandez had himself quite the career, stretching 80s into the 90s, successful in Japan, won half of the Jurassic Powers with Scott Norton, um, successful in the WWF, obviously, um, had a run under a mask with a name that I forget, Super Assassin in WCW, maybe, something like that, briefly, brief cup of coffee. Uh, I know we can't grade potential. So Brody King's potential as a hoss can't be factored in. Um, you know, the difference between him and PCO is that PCO had 20 years of a career before he became PCO. Uh, Brody King has not. <sighs> However, I am tempted to say that Brody King makes sense as a hoss. Like, he's not your Jonas. He's not your... Bam Bam Bigelow doing his version of a moonsault type thing, but he's a big, powerful, smash-mouth guy. But so was Hercules. And Hercules had a pretty long career as a, you know, mid-card to lower mid-card guy, and then he, he power and glory, a great tag team, fantastic finisher. Yeah, I think we got to go with Hercules here. I do, I do, I do. All right. This is going to go quick because only 16 names. We only got, you know, five more matchups to go. Canyon. Who better than Canyon 
Is Canyon better than Mr. Hughes? Well, yes, of course he is. And he's got to beat Mr. Hughes. But, but, let's give credit to the only man I can think of who wrestled in sunglasses, being Curtis Hughes. Um, and let's give credit to the remarkable transformation from big, true, hossy, large, you know, shirt, tie, big Bubba Rogers style Mr. Hughes that we saw in the mid-90s. And then as we get towards the late 90s, Jericho makes his way to the WWF and Curtis Hughes is wearing the sparkly vest, I think, and he's lost a bunch of weight and he's buff and good for you, Curtis Hughes. Uh, but, you know, Canyon's a trendsetter. He didn't wrestle like a hoss, um, but super innovative, lots of great moves that, you know, I think I've said it before. I don't know of anyone who did the, oh God, what's the name? The reverse Russian leg sweep. Is that what you would call that? Or would that be the stroke? It was a Russian leg sweep, but the guy was facing forward. And, you know, there was a large period of time where everybody used that move. Um, grab the guy, you know, hook the leg, drop him on his face. Kind of a, you know, if you imagine the skull-crushing finale, but back, you know what move I'm talking about. The flatliner. He called it the flatliner. That's what it was. Yeah, Canyon wins. So, so far we've got Abdullah versus Big John Stud. Great match. Uh, Hercules versus Canyon. Probably good match. Ivar of the Viking Raiders and the Barbarian. A Viking versus a Barbarian. That's when you know it's time to take a sip of your LaCroix and appreciate Fates. Thank you, Fates. Thank you for giving me a Viking versus a Barbarian. But unfortunately for the Viking, and we all like Warbeard, they're doing nothing. Um, Eric lost to Mace of, uh, you know, former uh, Retribution, managed by L.A. Knight. That was... So, again, it's the Saturday before Easter. Yesterday... Um, the big news that I saw coming out of SmackDown, or at least before I went to bed, was that L.A. Knight was was in the dark match. He was a manager, Knight model management or something like that, and he was managing Mace. Mace, who beat Eric of the Viking Raiders. Um, and then I find out that the big story coming out of AEW is that on Good Friday, Adam Page put a crown of barbed wire around Adam Cole, who looks like Jesus' head, and threw him through a table. Oh, wrestling. Oh, wrestling. Um, let's focus on the Viking Raiders. I, I understand that in Vince McMahon's mind, there is room for maybe one good tag team story a week. Not even a show. A week. Like, and hey, don't get me wrong. I just saw Randy Orton's promo against the Usos. Phenomenal. But you can't tell me that Eric and Ivar can't be doing something. They're wrestling, you know, they're doing a dark match. Uh, the Barbarian wins, similar to Hercules, had a long career. 
was part of the Faces of Fear, which, you know, means he's adjacent to Haku, grew up with Haku in the uh, sumo dojos of Japan. Yeah, Barbarian's going to win this hoss fight hands down. Next up, the alpha male Monty Brown and Karrion Cross. What an interesting matchup. You know, Monty Brown, if you weren't watching TNA in its early, early days, um, Monty Brown was good. You know, not an incredibly technical wrestler, but they booked him well. The pounce was good. Um, I want to say, you know, again, pounce spear. There was some sort of Goldbergian nature to him. Monty Brown was good. And then he was there for a while, and then he was gone, and then he was Marcus Corvon in the new ECW, which probably the less we talk about, the better. Um, but he was good briefly, and then he was gone. Enter Karrion Cross, who was good very briefly, and now he's gone. And I have my issues with Tony Khan. I have my issues with this whole control your narrative. I, if you get involved with control your narrative, you're asking to never work anywhere else again. Because, <laughs> you know, you can, you can make a case that AEW is letting the inmates run the asylum a bit too much. But from the sounds of it, Control your narrative is going to be ridiculous, and something's going to happen very quickly uh, that's going to get them in a lot of trouble. And so, you know, I think I saw that Karrion Cross was involved in some way, which I can't say I'm surprised by, but, you know, it would make sense for him to go back to Impact. I think he was in Impact already. Um you know, NWA or MLW, he goes to AEW. He, you're just going to see him wrestle on Dark. Like, he's not going to do anything on that show. They already have way too much talent as it is. Um, but yeah, I'm giving the win to the Alpha Male. I liked Monty Brown. I've never cared for carrying Cross. The entrance was dumb. I like him better with hair. I will say that. He's going to let his hair grow, grow out. Looks pretty good. I think there you can do something with him and Scarlet like that. You can make that work. What they did in NXT wasn't it? Wasn't it at all? All right, we got four more names. Loch Ness. How Loch Ness finished eighth? I don't know. I think he was the on that first page where I really didn't know what I was doing. But the fact that Loch Ness is an eight seed is weird. <sighs> but it's saved. But it's saved, but it's saved. Another sip, an appreciative tip of my cup, can, sodi, seltzer. To the random gods, because he's taking on my clear number one seed. Didn't see his name on here at all when I was doing this before. Oh, friends. Oh, friends. He's Amish. He's Amish, and we love him because he's Amish. Amish Roadkill picking up an upset win over the bigger, much bigger Loch Ness in a super hoss fight, um, advancing to at least the quarterfinal and 
we got to add a huge name in one of these last two to tell me he's not going to make at least the semifinal. Uh, Roadkill picks up the win. Our final matchup here in the opening round, Devon Dudley versus Wolfgang. Great match. That would be fun. Uh, Wolfgang and Devon would have a good match. Now, from a pure career-wise... I'm never going to tell you that Devon Dudley uh, had a better career than Wolfgang or Amish Roadkill. But from a Haas standpoint, when you're the smaller member of your team, how Haasy can I feel? Hercules was not the smallest guy in power and glory. Um, Brody King is not the smallest member of the House of Black. Rosie and Jamal, a.k.a. Umaga. Rosie is ahead of Umaga, which is slightly ridiculous until you remember he had a longer career. Um, you know, Eric was smaller than Ivar. But again, you would you see that they're both hosses. And clearly Devon is. And he's enough to beat Wolfgang. Let's say that. His career... Uh, right on the whole, is enough to beat Wolfgang, no doubt. I will be hard-pressed to make a case for him to beat Amish Roadkill because the number of titles he has doesn't really matter in a Haas fight. But we'll get to that later because our uh, quarterfinal matches are done. We must now enter the consolation. Rosie versus Dick Slater. My apologies to the Dick Slater fans. Uh, he is not of my era. I have to give the win to Rosie. Uh, Brody King versus Mr. Hughes. I'm going with Brody King. I think that's the right answer for me. Uh, Ivar easily beats Karrion Cross. Wolfgang easily beats Loch Ness again. With the exception of the size, you're not sure why Loch Ness is here. Double losers bracket. Mr. Hughes beats Dick Slater. Uh, I'll give the win to Karrion Cross over Loch Ness. Uh, Loch Ness is going to come in last in this. I think we all knew that. Uh, let me get my next set of rankings here. Loch Ness will come in at 128. Dick Slater defeats him. He's at 127. But Mr. Hughes defeats Karrion Cross to come in at 125. The 125 hossiest hoss. Whoever Hoss. Quarterfinals. Uh, I got to give Abdullah the win over John Studd. For me, not having watched a lot of early 80s wrestling, it's on my list. I got to get back into that quest. Um, got to watch all the Charlie Dempsey matches from NXT UK. Got to watch AEW from this week so I can see Penta versus Punk and Minoru Suzuki versus Samoa Joe. Uh, vacation will help. I will be going away for a while. I plan on bringing at least one notebook with me, not just because, tangent alert, um, my wife is amazing and takes very good care of me, and she wanted me to have something new. to. So I'm reading two books right now. One is a book I got from the library about the history of libraries. Now, I'm a little hesitant to bring a library book on vacation because if I lose it, if I leave it, now i got to pay for the book. Um, the other book is this giant, thick book I mentioned on the podcast earlier, um, New Dawn of Humanity. The, I don't remember exactly 
the name of the book, but it's this big history book. I'm writing in the margins, but it's gigantic, not really a carry-on sort of book, not that we're going to be flying. Um, and so my wife wanted me to have something I was excited to read, and she knows that I'm a Stephen Fry fan, uh, and she knows that I have Mythos, the Stephen Fry book, and she knows that I have Heroes. And so she got me Troy, which I believe completes the mythology trilogy that Stephen Fry wrote, and on my Amazon wish list for a while has been Stephen Fry's book on poetry, which if you listen to Penn Sunday School, Glenn, I know you're a member of the congregation, I believe, um, he went through that book and did the homework assignments and wrote the poems and did all of that, and I am a fan of poetry, um, as my nerd DC career attests to, and so she bought me that. So tomorrow I should have um, two poetry books, or two Stephen Fry books. Uh, I might throw a third one in, uh, and I'll have myself a fun little time with books, and I'm going to watch some wrestling, and I'm going to watch some Red Sox, and it's just going to be the greatest vacation, whether it's with family or just off away somewhere. Um, This all started by me saying I need to get back into the 80s stuff because I've seen maybe four Big John Stud matches in my life. Uh, I remember seeing a lot of Abdullah the Butcher in that sort of early 90s WCW era, and I like Abdullah the Butcher, so I'm giving him the win. Big John Stud into the constellations at the bottom to take on Wolfgang. Big hoss fight there. I love Hercules, but I do think Canyon is the right answer to beat him. Hercules will take on the Viking known as Ivar, Warbeard Hansen, in the Constellations. Uh, The Barbarian beats Monty Brown without question, because he's not Samoan, but he's Tongan, I think. Yeah, he's Tongan. Fiji? No, Tonga. Um, And they're very different cultures, they're very different countries, and they produce two of the toughest people I think the world has ever seen. Monty Brown will take on Brody King. Now we get to this matchup. I said I wasn't sure what I was going to do, how I could do it. Roadkill versus Devon. Sip of the LaCroix while I think about that. The careers, it's no question. Devon Dudley has one of the more successful careers, period, in, period, history, period. Single or tag. Um, But that's not what this is. Hoss fight. Uh will factor in duration of career and things like that sometimes, but not all the time. Um, If I'm in a bar fight, (laughs) you know, I don't know the men behind the characters, but I would want the crazy guy dressed in Amish clothing uh, talking about chickens. You want that sort of wild card on your... I have to give Roadkill the win. I have to. I have to give Roadkill the win. Can he beat the Barbarian? I don't know. I'm not crazy, okay? <laughs> I may be slightly, you know, I might be slightly deranged, but I ain't crazy. I don't know if Roadkill can beat the Barbarian, but he'll give it a good try. Semifinals, Roadkill versus the Barbarian, Canyon versus Abdullah the Butcher. Back into the quarterfinals. Rosie versus Devon. That's Devon. Again, no question. Uh, Brody King versus Monty Brown. I give that to Brody. Ivar versus Hercules. I love you, Warbeard, but 
it's not you. And then Wolfgang versus Big John Stud. Only because I don't know a lot of Big John Stud matches. And also because I really do like Wolfgang. Wolfgang was one of my favorite parts of the UK tournament when it first showed up. Uh, I'm giving Wolfgang the win. Um, I'm not watching NXT UK. I know that I should, but I've, I've been gone so long, I'm at the point that I'd have to go back and try to catch up, and I can't add in many quests on anymore, all right? I can't. Uh, so, Rosie versus Monty Brown. I give that to Rosie. Ivar versus Big John Stud. We got to give that to Big John Stud. Ivar's biggest claim to fame in the WWE may be the thing with the Street Profits and the bowling ball. And while I liked it, that's not a hossy thing to be associated with. Uh, so, Monty Brown versus Ivar. I got to give it to Monty Brown. Ivar at 124, Monty Brown at 123, Rosie and the Big John Stud. I loved Rosie. I thought that character was great with the hurricane. I like three minute warning. All of it's been good. He's the brother of Roman Reigns, which shouldn't count for something, but it does because he's Samoan. Because he's Samoan. Because he's Samoan. Should that have been enough for him to beat Devon? No, let's not get crazy. But he'll beat Big John Stud because of the Samoanness. Uh, we need to do another consolation Devon versus Brody King. That will give to Devon. Hercules versus Wolfgang. We will give it to Hercules. So, Brody King or Wolfgang? Fall. <laughs> we could see that. There's a world where we could see that because they're both active. You know, whether Wolfgang went to NXT. No, Wolfgang's in NXT. Whether Wolfgang went to AEW or, you know, there's a world in which those two could cross paths. And, oh, what a match it would be. I got to go with Wolfgang just because I've seen more of him. So Brody King is at 120. Pretty good ranking for Mr. King. Wolfgang at 119. All right. Devon and Hercules await the losers of the semifinal matches. Abdullah versus Canyon. Your, lar your brawling guy. So what makes Abdullah the Butcher a hoss? Size. For one, he's a big guy. Um, and the fact that he's the heart, like that sort of hardcore brawling thing, uh, is hossy. However, Crash Holly did some hardcore brawling, not quite that hardcore, but New Jack, there's a better example. New Jack did hardcore brawling and is nowhere near a hoss. So it's the combination of size. And that hardcore brawling that I suppose makes Abdullah hossy. Uh, what makes Canyon a hoss? The height. The Mortis character was hossish. As soon as he took the mask off, you know, positively Canyon, who better than Canyon? That's not necessarily a hossy character. Jersey Triad Canyon, no. Um, so... <laughs> Is he a hi ho? <laughs> can we have can we have that become a thing this late into the the tournament? A hi ho, hoss in height only. It's a hi no, hoss in name only. Uh, I think based on those. And again, if I'm in a bar fight, you want the guy who will carve people up. So Abdullah's got to win. 
Uh, so Canyon will take on Devon Dudley in a match that may have happened. And, and I love you, Amish Roadkill. You know that I do. You were one, if I had to make a list of my favorite parts of ECW start to finish, you're in the top 10, possibly the top like seven or eight. Uh, but you have come up against uh, a Tongan death machine named the Barbarian, named Head Shrinker Sioni. Remember that brief thing? Uh, yeah, you're not beating him. I'm sorry. I love you. You're not beating him. Our final, Abdullah the Butcher versus the Barbarian. That makes total sense. Looking at the brackets, I hadn't seen the Barbarian's name. This makes total sense. Abdullah fits. Barbarian fits. This is, a, this is the ideal final for this particular group. Canyon versus Devon. Devon didn't wrestle like a hoss. Yeah, the, the, there were tables. And he was the guy lifting, you know. The interesting thing about the 3D. Mild tangent. The interesting thing about the, t- the 3D is that the smaller guy lifts up the opponent for the bigger guy to hit what is considered the aerial part of the move. Animal lifted the opponent so the skinnier hawk hit the flying clothesline. Jim Neidhart lifted the opponent so Bret Hart could do the jumping clothesline. Hercules did the superplex. Paul Roma did the splash. Um, let me see if there's a modern example. FTR doesn't count because they're both similarly sized. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Usos the same size. Just do the Street Profits have a tag finisher? I don't even know. Technically... You could say, even though Jason Jordan and Chad Gable weren't that different in size, Jason Jordan did the power part. Chad Gable finished it off. Usually the smaller guy does that part. So the fact that in the 3D, Devon's the base, essentially, and Bubba does the jumping cutter is pretty cool. And I'm sure there are examples where that also happened, where the big guy did the more aerial move, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. Let me know if I'm missing an obvious one. Um, so I suppose that alone is hossy. And it's Canyon, who is, who is hi-ho, who is hi-no. Uh, hoss in name only. Devon wins. And then Hercules versus Roadkill. I got to go with my heart. Hercules is great. He will beat Canyon. He will. But he's not beating Amish Roadkill. Because Amish Roadkill, say it with me, everyone, is Amish. Uh, Hercules beats Canyon. Canyon's at 118. Herc's at 117. Roadkill beat Devon. This is a rematch, and I can't. I can't change my mind. Devon Dudley at 116. Amish Roadkill, 115, which leads us to our final. Uh, Abdullah the Butcher versus the the Barbarian. 
if I'm in a bar fight and I can have either, I don't care which one's next to me and which one's across from me, I'm leaving. I'm letting them start the fight and I'm slowly backing away until I feel it is safe to turn and run. And run 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 and run. Diving into my car, possibly through the, you know, closed window to get far away from the carnage that is going to ensue. But who do I think is going to be able to pull themselves up last? You know, who pulls them? Who's the last one standing in that? You don't mess with a Tonkin. You just don't. So Abdullah the Butcher is 114. The winner of our page 8 matchup, the Barbarian. I think that totally, totally makes sense. Uh, Friends, dear ones, dear, dear, dear ones, uh, the sevens are coming up. And I don't want to tell you the names. I know Hulk Hogan's in there. Uh, But I'm going to try to avoid looking at all the names. And in our next episode, there's seven left. uh, We will look at who comes out of the sevens. The Barbarian won the eights. Pierre Carl Ouellette won the nines and tens. Bron Breaker won the twelve and thirteens. Will it be a current wrestler, a former wrestler? I can't imagine it'll be Hulk Hogan, but I'll find out right alongside you, gentle listeners. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I will see you the next time we have all these meaty men slapping that meat. Happy holidays to you. <laughs>